We've all heard the terms process, procedure, and checklist. What's the difference and why does it matter? Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. Some people call everything a process and some people call everything a procedure. Does it really matter if people call all processes and procedures processes and all processes and procedures procedures? Well, it depends. If you want your team to know the difference between critical processes and tasks and those that are not critical, then yes, it really does matter. If you don't care about that distinction and, and you, you know, you're just kind of neutral on whether or not things get followed and whether or not some processes are more critical than others, then you may not care and it may not be a big deal for you. Uh, this is not going to be a conversation in which we're going to be talking really technical terms and things like that. Um, for most service industries, you're not going to be ISO 9002 compliant or nothing like that where you have to worry about um, – having very specific language included in processes and things like that or procedures. Um, but it is important if we, if we do have a distinction in our business, which most, most businesses do, um, of which tasks and processes are critical and which are not, then we do want to use the right terminology because we do want to let our people know that when it's a procedure, it's a documented step-by-step procedure, that's there for a reason. It's there because uh, we don't want to have uh, failure. And the reason we don't want to have failure could be, could be because failure cont- contains a lot of risk or liability. Uh, it could be that failure um, is tied directly to customer dissatisfaction. If we really mess this up, the customer is not going to get a product they want or a service they want or the outcome is going to make the customer angry. Uh Or it could be something we just have a tendency of making mistakes at. Maybe we have a long history of making uh, mistakes with this particular process, and we're just tired of it, and we want to fix it. Um, Or it could be that this rarely is done wrong, but when it is done wrong, it's really expensive. And no matter how infrequent it is, the costs associated with getting it wrong are, are significant enough that we need to make sure it never happens. So the more critical it is, the more critical a process is, the more likely it should be a procedure. Um, again, a procedure is to ensure a specific process is done exactly the right way to ensure we get the outcome we need. Uh, the more inclined you want you are to want to hold your employee accountable to achieve those specific results, the more likely it should be a procedure. So what if you're asking yourself right now, well, all of my processes are critical. Well, it could be that you're just going to have a lot of procedures. But remember, if everything is critical, if every process your company performs is absolutely critical, then nothing's critical. You just have a hypertensive uh, or a hyper uh, critical workplace. Um, I think it's important for people to, to be able to distinguish between what's absolutely critical that gets done right 
and we're going to follow procedure. And what is, um, of course, we don't want to have, we don't want to ask for failures. We want to set ourselves up for failure, but there's certain things that if we get it wrong, we'll make adjustments and we'll make it right along the way. Or even if we don't do it exactly step-by-step the right way, we're still most likely going to achieve uh, the desired result. So, um, and then what's a checklist? Well, a checklist, um, let me back up. So a process is a series of actions to achieve a desired outcome. So riding a bicycle is a process. A procedure is a document with step-by-step instructions. So all procedures are processes, but not all processes are procedures. And a checklist is a list of tasks or items that must be included. They cannot be forgotten. So that's the point of a checklist. So um, the difference between a procedure or a process and a checklist is a, excuse me, a difference between a procedure and a checklist is that a procedure will have if then kind of statements. If this happens, you do this. So if Y happens, you do B. If X happens, you do A. A procedure would include language like that. A checklist is not going to include that. A checklist is just a list of things or actions. So a good example of the difference between all three of these things would be, let's say you're going to cook uh, your favorite homemade dish of lasagna. The recipe for cooking your favorite lasagna is a procedure. It's a set of step-by-step instructions that includes the temperature of the oven, the ingredients, how much of the ingredients, uh, how long you cook it. It may include the type of pan you cook it in. It may include how you prep the pan. It may include how do you prep the, the ingredients if they don't come, if you don't buy them already prepared. It will include exactly how you layer the, the noodles or how you exactly how you apply the different ingredients. It's a very specific, very step-by-step set of instructions. Um, we want to have the same tasty result every single time, and we don't want to leave any part to chance or subject to human failings like memory. I forgot to... Uh, put this in there or I forgot, I forgot how long I, I didn't set a timer when I put it in the oven. So I don't know if I've been cooking it for 30 minutes or 45 minutes. That's going to have a dramatic impact on the result. We don't want to take that chance. So we write a specific procedure on in how we're going to cook it. So, but setting the table, dishing up the food and actually eating the meal are all processes. You're not likely to get any of that stuff wrong. And even if you do, if even if you don't follow it exactly step by step how you'd want it done, you're still likely to achieve the desired outcome. So, you know, if you if you uh unless you live in a in a household where somebody is very particular about which fork goes where or which knife goes where or or how the linens are set or something like that, uh if you live in a way like that, you may want a procedure. Uh for most folks though, um it's not that specific, it's not that detailed. If the fork is, you know, the, if the small fork is inside of the big fork, you know, we'll be okay. Uh, in those cases, though, setting the table, eating the meal, dishing it up, those are processes. That's a, that's a series of actions to achieve an outcome. We would use a checklist to buy the groceries. So we don't want to forget the noodles and cheese, so we put them on the list. Um, the checklist does not explain which aisle we go to first when we go shopping. It does not explain which aisle we'll go to last. It does not explain how we get the cart, how we pay for the groceries. It's simply a list to remind us not to forget anything critical. Um, And it does not include any declarations of what to do except for 
including the actions or items needed, in this case, the groceries, the cheese and the noodles and the meat and the different uh, um, uh, ingredients necessary. And it might include substitutions. If they're out of this brand of cheese, get this brand instead. That would be appropriate and applicable for a checklist. So the first thing we need to do in, in determining uh, which would be applicable for our business is kind of determine um, how, what, how much level of detail do we need in specific um, processes. So in kind of what's our, what's our culture going to be around processes and procedures? Again, the, the, for employees to have a decent chance of understanding um, which processes are really critical, we should have documented procedures. We should make those we should make it likely, if not uh, certain, that employees are going to get this right. And we don't want to do that by telling them verbally over and over and over again and then getting frustrated when the results are not what we want. We want to explain to them and, and maybe even help, you know, hopefully in, the, in a great scenario, they would help us develop the procedure. They're the ones doing the work. They know how to do it. They know how to do it better than we do probably. We would develop a procedure that we can all agree upon is going to be followed and then if we want to make adjustments to the procedure, we'll make adjustments to the procedure later on. If we want to add a little more hamburger or a little more cheese or a little less noodles to our lasagna, we can decide to do that. These are not things that are set in stone forever. But we do want to have people understand um, which processes are critical and must be followed step by step. And to do that, we want to call them procedures. The difference between the, your, your employees will be able to tell you the difference between a process and a procedure and understand that a procedure must be followed to the letter and a process is just a series of events that we want to do to, to achieve uh, the outcome. Uh, some procedures will include a checklist. Some processes will include a checklist. Um, checklists, again, are not instructions. It's just a list of tasks or items. Like we, we cannot forget to do these four things. So it can be actions or we cannot include, we cannot forget to include these four, these four items. So a checklist could be actions or it could be items. Uh, but it's not a set of instructions. So we need to determine which one, which, what we want our culture to feel like and what we want our company to feel like as far as how rigid we're going to be on things, keeping in mind that um, if everything is critical and everything's an emergency, then nothing is critical and nothing's an emergency and balance that against, you know, we want to perform well. Um, so for each company, there's certain, you'll know, your gut will tell you and you're going to be pretty accurate and you'll learn which things that you're not doing properly consistently that you thought could be a process that maybe we need to turn into a procedure, but we need to kind of have a, a, a general plan for how we're going to um, handle this. So it could be things that are high risk, as I mentioned, high liability. Those are things I would put procedures in place for things that are going to have a dramatically negative impact for the customer. Those are things I'd put in a procedure in place for. Um, and, and again, things that we are just repetitively getting wrong. Uh, if we've been fighting the same challenge for six months or a year or five years, and we're just having a hard time getting something dialed in, let's write a procedure that we can all agree upon. And then we'll have a process through, we go uh, through to, to change the procedure if it's not working. So once we kind of get a handle for what we want our whole company to, to, you know, our culture to feel like as far as how, how many processes we have versus how many procedures or, or what kinds of things we want to make sure we get right because of risk or customer satisfaction or whatever, uh, once we have a handle on that, then we need to look at the specific processes and decide which ones are critical. And again, your criteria for what what's critical is that's fine. Whatever whatever your reason is 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 probably good enough. Mine has to do with 
risk, liability, customer satisfaction, expense, those kind of things. And yours probably will too. So the reason we want to use the right terminology again is so people understand the difference between a critical process, which would be a procedure we document, we give, we give everybody a fair chance at getting 100% right, and which things are processes, which of course we want to have a good outcome for, but, we're, but they're not so critical that we need to document them or we haven't gotten to them yet. So one of the things we don't want to do is you know, uh, commit to writing a bunch of procedures and and just overwhelm ourselves. Uh, if if we're trying to write fifty procedures at once, uh, we're not going to have a very good outcome with any of them, probably. But if we try to write one procedure a week over the course of a year, we'll have fifty procedures, and that would be for most companies that would be a really good start, if not an entire uh, company manual in some cases for the number of procedures you would have to have written. So some companies have a policies and procedures manual, which makes perfect sense. You have policies that. You have to have follow like your harassment policy and your, you know, your drug policy and your whatever policies, and you have your procedures in there. Those are the documented procedures that must be followed to the letter and other things that are not included in there would just be processes and that's fine. Um, but as, if we want our team to understand the difference between what's critical and what's not, we, we need to use the right terminology and we need to remember that a process is just a series of actions to achieve a desired result and a procedure is a step-by-step instructions, which are documented. Um, part of the documentation for a procedure would include things like, um, what is the overall purpose? What is the overall goal? Why does this matter? Um, who's responsible for it? When does it have to be done? What specifically has to be done? And we also include things like, um, what, how do we know somebody's trained on this? So if we have a procedure in place, the procedure itself needs to declare how we know somebody's been trained uh, to follow the procedure. A procedure is absolutely useless if nobody knows how to follow it or nobody even knows that it is, exists. So part of the procedure when we write it needs to include how we are going to train people and how we're going to verify they know how to follow the procedure. They know where to find the procedure when they need it. They know where to store the procedure when they're not using it so it's available next time. And those kinds of things to make sure that we all have a, a solid chance of getting it right. So, again, the purpose of a procedure is to make it foolproof. We want it to be 100% likely we're going to get the result we want. We do not want to go through the time and effort to create a procedure and then make it difficult to find or difficult to follow um, using you know language that people are not likely to understand or, or not being clear about whose responsibility something is or when it should be done why it should be done. All these things need to be included in a procedure. Um, and we also need to remember a checklist is not the same thing as a process or a procedure. A checklist is just a list of things that cannot be forgotten. And it could be items. It could be actions, either one. So hopefully that clarifies for you the difference between a process, a procedure, and a checklist. If you're currently one of those folks who's using the term process for everything and you have documented procedures or you're using the term procedure for everything and you have undocumented processes, uh, it would probably be a good exercise to, to um, explain to your team that we need to change our, our, our vocabulary in this. We need to identify uh, which things are procedures, which are all documented processes, and which things are merely processes, which are not documented procedures. Hopefully that's not confusing. But if you are in an in a environment where the term is being, uh, the terms are being interchanged, 
and sometimes you call it a procedure and sometimes you call it a process. Um, it would be very helpful for your team to get clarity on which things are critical by using the right language. And I would, I would recommend strongly just have a meeting. It won't take more than five minutes and just to, just to announce, we're going to start calling things that are documented procedures. And here's why we want to make sure everybody's clear. Uh, and we're going to think, talk about things that are not documented as processes and not that we don't want to have a good result with those things, but it's not a procedure and just be real clear with them on that. I think that would be something that would be helpful to gain clarity for your folks and clarity, as we all know, leads to better decision-making when, especially when there's not somebody there to uh, look over their shoulder and tell them exactly what to do, which is what we're all aiming for. We want to make them able to make good decisions on their own so we don't have to micromanage them and, and make them angry. We don't want angry employees. So that's it for this week. I hope that clarifies the difference between those things. Um, again, thank you for everyone for the ratings and reviews. I sure appreciate that. If you haven't had time to do that, please do so. If you know a friend who's a business owner in the service industry and you think they could benefit from a podcast like this, please take a moment and send it to them. Um, we are, you know, this podcast is, is, uh, has been created for people in service industries like contractors and auto repair shops and home service providers, IT service providers, CPAs, anybody who's got a business, who's, um, uh, a service-based business rather than a product-based business. That's who this podcast is designed for. So if you know somebody who fits in that category, please take a moment and send it to them. And, uh, other than that, I hope you all have a great week and I'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.